Uniformity with God's Will by St. Alphonsus de Liguori Continuing Chapter 4 God Wills Our Good God surrounds us with His loving care, lest we suffer eternal damnation. O Lord, Thou hast crowned us as with a shield of Thy good will. He is most solicitous for our welfare. What can God deny us when He has given us His own Son? He that spared not even His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how hath He not also with Him given us all things? Therefore, we should most confidently abandon ourselves to all the dispositions of divine providence, since they are for our own good. In all that happens to us, let us say, In peace, in the self-same I will sleep, and I will rest, because Thou, O Lord, has singularly settled me in hope. Let us place ourselves unreservedly in His hands, because He will not fail to have care of us. Casting all your care upon him, for he hath care of you. Let us keep God in our thoughts and carry out his will, and he will think of us and of our welfare. Our Lord said to St. Catherine of Siena, Daughter, think of me, and I will always think of you. Let us often repeat with the spouse in the canticle, My beloved to me, and I to him. St. Niles, abbot, used to say that our petition should be, not that our wishes be done, but that God's holy will should be fulfilled in us and by us. When, therefore, something adverse happens to us, let us accept it from his hands, not only patiently, but even with gladness, as did the apostles, who went from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were accounted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. What greater consolation can come to a soul than to know that, by patiently bearing some tribulation, it gives God the greatest pleasure in its power? Spiritual writers tell us that, though the, des the desire of certain souls to please God by their sufferings is acceptable to Him, still more pleasing to Him is the union of certain others with His will, so that their will is neither to rejoice nor to suffer but to hold themselves completely amenable to His will, and they desire only that His holy will be fulfilled. If, devout soul, it is your will to please God and live a life of serenity in this world, unite yourself always and in all things to the divine will. Reflect that all the sins of your past wicked life happened because you wandered from the path of God's will. For the future, Embrace God's good pleasure, and say to Him in every happening, Yea, Father, for so it hath seemed good in Thy sight. When anything disagreeable happens, say at once, This comes from God, and be at peace. I was dumb, and opened not my mouth, because Thou hast done it. Lord, since Thou hast done this, I will be silent and accept it. Direct all your thoughts and prayers to this end, to beg God constantly in meditation, communion, and visits to the Blessed Sacrament, that He help you accomplish His holy will. Form the habit of offering yourself frequently to God by saying, My God, behold me in Thy presence. Do with me 
and all that I have, as thou pleasest. This was the constant practice of St. Teresa. At least fifty times a day she offered herself to God, placing herself at his entire disposition and good pleasure. How fortunate if you too act thus. You will surely become a saint. Your life will be calm and peaceful. Your death will be happy. At death, all our hope of salvation will come from the testimony of our conscience as to whether or not we are dying resigned to God's will. If during life we have embraced everything as coming from God's hands, and if at death we embrace death in fulfillment of God's holy will, we shall certainly save our souls and die the death of saints. Let us then abandon everything to God's good pleasure, because, being infinitely wise, He knows what is best for us, and being all good and all loving, having given His life for us, He wills what is best for us. Let us, as St. Basil counsels us, rest secure in the conviction that beyond the possibility of a doubt, God works to effect our welfare infinitely better than we could ever hope to accomplish or desire it ourselves. Chapter 5 Special Practices of Uniformity Let us now take up in a practical way the consideration of those matters in which we should unite ourselves to God's will. 1. In external matters. In times of great heat, cold, or rain, in times of famine, epidemics, and similar occasions, we should refrain from expressions like these. What unbearable heat! What piercing cold! What a tragedy! In these instances we should avoid expressions indicating opposition to God's will. We should want things to be just as they are, because it is God who thus disposes them. 2. In personal matters. In matters that affect us personally, let us acquiesce in God's will. For example, in hunger, thirst, poverty, desolation, loss of reputation, let us always say, Do thou build up or tear down, O Lord, as seems good in thy sight. I am content. I wish only what thou dost wish. Thus too, says Rodriguez, should we act when the devil proposes certain hypothetical cases to us in order to wrest a sinful consent from us, or at least to cause us to be interiorly disturbed. For example, what would you say or what would you do if someone were to say or do such and such a thing to you? Let us dismiss the temptation by saying, by God's grace, I would say or do what God would want me to say or do. Thus we shall free ourselves from imperfection and harassment. 3. Let us not lament if we suffer from some natural defect of body or mind, from poor memory, slowness of understanding, little ability, lameness, or general bad health. What claim have we, or what obligation is God under, to give us a more brilliant mind or a more robust body? Who has ever offered a gift and then lays down the conditions upon which he will accept it? Let us thank God for what, in His pure goodness, He has given us, and let us be content, too, with the manner in which He has given it to us. Who knows? Perhaps if God had given us greater talent, better health, a more personable appearance, we might have lost our souls. 
great talent and knowledge have caused many to be puffed up with the idea of their own importance, and in their pride they have despised others. How easily those who have these gifts fall into grave danger to their salvation. How many on account of physical beauty or robust health have plunged headlong into a life of debauchery. How many on the contrary, who by reason of poverty, infirmity or physical deformity, have become saints and have saved their souls, who given health, wealth or physical attractiveness, had else lost their souls. Let us then be content with what God has given us. But one thing is necessary, and it is not beauty, health, nor talent. It is the salvation of our immortal souls. 4. It is especially necessary that we be resigned in corporal infirmities. We should willingly embrace them in the manner and for the length of time that God wills. We ought to make use of the ordinary remedies in time of sickness, such is God's will. But if they are not effective, let us unite ourselves to God's will, and this will be better for us than would be our restoration to health. Let us say, Lord, I wish neither to be well nor to remain sick. I want only what Thou wilt. Certainly it is more virtuous not to repine in times of painful illness. Still and all, when our sufferings are excessive, it is not wrong to let our friends know what we are enduring, and also to ask God to free us from our sufferings. Let it be understood, however, that the sufferings here referred to are actually excessive. It often happens that some, on the occasion of a slight illness, or even a slight indisposition, want the whole world to stand still and sympathize with them in their illnesses. But where it is a case of real suffering, we have the example of our Lord, who, at the approach of his bitter passion, made known his state of soul to his disciples, saying, My soul is sorrowful even unto death, and besought his eternal Father to deliver him from it. Father, if it be possible, let this chalice pass from me. But our Lord likewise taught us what we should do when we have made such a petition, when he added, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. How childish the pretense of those who protest they wish for health, not to escape suffering, but to serve our Lord better, by being able to observe their rule, to serve the community, go to church, receive communion, do penance, study, work for souls in the confessional and pulpit. Devout soul, tell me, why do you desire to do these things? To please God? Why then search any further to please God? when you are sure God does not wish these prayers, communions, penances, and studies, but he does wish that you suffer patiently this sickness he sends you. Unite then your sufferings to those of our Lord. But, you say, I do not want to be sick, for then I am useless, a burden to my order. But if you are united to and resigned to God's will, you will realize that your superiors are likewise resigned to the dispositions of divine providence and that they recognize the fact that you are a burden not through indolence, but by the will of God. How often these desires and laments are born not of the love of God, but of love of self. How many of them are so many pretexts for fleeing the will of God? Do we want to please God? When we find ourselves confined to our sickbed, let us utter this one prayer, Thy will be done. Let us repeat it 
time and time again, and it will please God more than all our mortifications and devotions. There is no better way to serve God than cheerfully to embrace His holy will. This has been taken from Uniformity with God's Will by St. Alphonsus de Liguori, translated by Father Thomas Tobin and published by Tan Books. For more information, contact Tan Books, Post Office Box 424, Rockford, Illinois, 61105. This has been Christian Classics with Teresa Hofer. Listen every Monday through Friday at this time as Teresa continues her great readings and selections from classic Christian literature right here on the Ave Maria Radio Network. News and talk for Catholic and other Christians.